Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. He's at home. Decidedly part-time. It is, isn't it? Uh, However, with us is our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly, and Echo top duo, Christian Walsh and Neil Jones. Andrew, I'll start with you. You, like myself, was at Anfield on Saturday. You saw Liverpool produce that rare thing for this year, win a game. Beat Tottenham 2-0. Good night all round. Yeah, it wasn't as good as those types of nights used to be, maybe, in celebration, but it was absolutely fantastic to be in Anfield and to feel almost like a weight lift off the club. Everyone had been so down about 2017, um, some poor results in, in the league, going out of both cups, and added to that was just a display that was just full of vibrancy. Um, aggression was the word Pochettino used afterwards about Liverpool's play, and cutting edge, and... You know, they were 2 0 up at half time. That could easily have been double that. Mane could have had scored for himself. And in the second half, it became a bit of a bitty game, but that probably suited Liverpool okay. Um, Tottenham never really felt like they, they, they were going to get back into it. And, um, you know, they had one big chance at 2 0 that, that Mignolet saved. We'll probably talk about that later. But just, yeah, absolutely delighted. And I think everyone. Knocked on match of the day on Saturday night with a smile on their face for once. Christian, were you watching match of the day with a smile on your face? I was watching match of the day, which you know that's. A, I don't think many uh, many would have uh, fancied that at Anfield over the past uh, six or seven weeks. Uh, only mess I watch match of the day regardless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> case, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't want another road. No. Link, however, I however, would like to point out that other highlight shows are available. They are. We're not sponsored by match of the day. Yeah, sadly. Goals on Sunday. Yeah. And the BT ones. No one watched Which is terrible. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> Join us next week for our, our other TV review. <laughs> uh, I, I, and also, I said off the Man United Waffle because I was in the next day. But anyway, back to match of the day. Back to what the general. Before we question. go any further, were you in the next day, Andy? Mm-hmm. Were you in there? Yeah, so, and so was I. So continue. We watched and we watched all of match of the day. I think is his point. Yes, but that's anyway, my point. Oh, that's right, right. Yeah, we, I mean this is an incredibly poor start to the podcast. It's, we, it's, we should we should probably apologise. Liverpool should lose more games. Yeah, to be honest, because I, 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 I think the point we're trying, we could make here though is that, like many other yeah. Liverpool or people who watch Liverpool regularly, there's a bit of a spring in the step. There's not that kind yeah, of. There like, definitely is, isn't there? It's it's every, it, as Andy said that it feels like a weight to be lifted. We can sort of see it just in the general. Conversations you have with fans on Twitter and, and social media that, that you know we're not getting called for everything at the minute, which is always nice. It just oh, it, it, changed it, the list. Yeah. <laughs> it just it, I think it's been such a it's been such a poor run of form, hasn't it? And not even just a poor run of form, but a poor sequence of um, performances. Very few of the games where Liverpool didn't win did they, did they deserve to win. To be honest, you think about the Swansea game. I think Swansea were probably good value to be honest for the for the three points overall. I think Hull were more than good value for their three points. Just nice. Yes, it was a bigger team, and you know, as Klopp said before the game, if we beat Tottenham, people say, "Ah, but there you go. That's what Liverpool do." But they've still got to do it. Yeah. You know, they've still got to do it. And and what's what's important now is to kick on. The only thing, obviously, is that, that there's two weeks until the next game. But that aside, it just reminds everyone that Liverpool aren't a terrible football team. It just reminds everyone that, no, that player isn't as bad as you thought he was, and that player can still hit the target, and this player shouldn't be shipped out for a free or get you know get loaned out to Chesterfield. It's just that sometimes teams go through this bad run of form, hopefully, and I think it's probably true, this is probably the more a truer 
find a reflection of what a year in Quap Liverpool side is? I mean, obviously, other Merseyside football clubs are available also. And Neil, you were actually up at uh, a Teesside watching Everton yeah. thrash out a quite entertaining goalless draw against, <laughs> against Middlesbrough. Yeah. But watching the highlights of the Liverpool game, what does the one thing that you could... Oh, I watched, you, the, I watched you, the live the first half. Okay, what, what was the one thing that you then, looking at a dis- from a distance, that you picked up from just watching from a dispassionate point of view? Yeah, the start, the way they started the game, and you, know, you think back to the start of the season, the way they started the season... Was was high energy. It was games were over by half time, you know. And this this was another one really. I mean, albeit against a, a better side than some of the you know the Hulls and the, the Leicesters and Watfords early in the season. That that hasn't been the case. Liverpool haven't been ripping into teams from the first. But they sort of had a a bit of a go against Chelsea when they did it. But with it was more through endeavour than than anything sort of dangerous at that that point. And he just looked a threat. You know, Tottenham. Tottenham, we had a, a long chat about Tottenham, didn't we, in, in last week's um, pod? Cried we talked, in, didn't we? <laughs> well, we talked about you know how how impressive some of their players are. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we debated who was better than who in certain areas, but I think Liverpool showed that you know they they have just been on a bad run of form. It, you know they have peaks and troughs. Tottenham's been on a good run of form. It's only the third defeat of the season, but they've all been against one of the big clubs. Tottenham are two points ahead. Is Tottenham's problem? Of beating big clubs worse than Liverpool's problem of beating small clubs because I, I would suggest that Liverpool's problem is easier to fix than Tottenham's. Completely agree. Are they, I think, aren't they only one point ahead? Or one point ahead. Yeah, it's two points. Is second to sixth. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, um, so I was just, I completely agree with that. You look at the the, the big criticism of Pochettino now is that they don't beat the big teams, and I think you got that a little bit with Rafa actually at Liverpool yeah, for away, a long while, away, yeah. away from home especially. It's a lot easier to buy a couple of flat track bullies in the summer yeah. and beat the likes of Hull away and Swansea at home. Yeah. On that tint, I would say loads of positivity, but probably I would argue, and I'm not sure I even have to argue it, but I'm not sure we'd learned anything new about Liverpool yeah, on Saturday, that that was um, a team that we're, we knew had that performance in them because we've seen it often enough, both against that quality of team in terms of Spurs, but obviously that, that type of performance which we've seen uh, against a, you know Spurs type, but also against some of the, the lesser lights. Um, and what they haven't been able to do is, when they haven't had that start, be able to winkle out a tough one nil or, or maybe two nil against some of those, um, some of the the lesser lights when they've compressed space and done two banks of four and all the boring things that we know has worked against Liverpool. Pochettino didn't try that. He's got other fish to fry. He's there to establish a Spurs way of playing, and um, you know that worked for Liverpool. What they've got to do now is. Um, find uh, a formula, a consistent formula, to deal with teams who play a different way. Now, you mentioned then that we didn't learn anything new about Liverpool, but I'd have to disagree with you, which not for the first time. Not for the first time. I think that we probably did, because if you look at the second half performance, that Liverpool performance was almost like the kind of performance that other teams have been putting in against Liverpool. They just, I wouldn't say they put everyone behind the ball, but they made sure we're going to be solid, we're going to get stuck in. Henderson in particular in the second half went round knocking people over, winding them but up. And Deli Alley in particular, was every single chance he had a yeah, opportunity he had to get up in his face, he was doing so. And I think that kind of put him off a little bit. Harry Kane, you saw he lost his rag a little bit when he, he stood on Klein. Go on, Andy. I, I'm just going to say, I agree with you to an extent, but I just think that type of game was instigated by Spurs, not by Liverpool. They clearly had the rocket at half-time to get out there and you know arrive in this game because they hadn't, they hadn't been in the game at all. And... They came out determined, if nothing else, 
that, that they weren't going to lose a, a physical battle and they're going to get stuck in. And I think Liverpool responded to that. Um, and as you say, the players you mentioned did in, in particular. I think Kim's lucky to stay on, to be honest, in that one he put across the top of Klein's boot. But um, um, yeah, so it was that type of a game and it, it made it very comfortable. Many times fans will know this feeling, those of us in the press box who, who you know, have a red tint have that feeling of when you're massively nervous in a game when you've got one or two goal leaders. Well, there was a game earlier this season at Anfield when Liverpool played West Brom and you know, blew them away in the first half. I think it was maybe in 2-0. Two two it was 2 nil at half-time, wasn't it? I think they could have scored more in the second half, but then West Brom got a goal back and the end was really nervous, but you never really sensed that, did you, as you just mentioned? Yeah, and I think to, to that end, we should give some credit to Simon Mignolet because um, he his save from Son um, was vital at the time. Because um, I don't I don't think it was that long after Liverpool had gone two 0 up. It's literally about two minutes after. Uh, yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. And um, you know he's essentially cleaned through there. He's got a clear shot at goal, and um, and Mignolet's made a good save. Doesn't it's maybe not a save you wouldn't expect them to make necessarily. You, it's the sort of save. It's a poor if, shot, isn't it? It's a poor shot. You, you'd expect the keeper to save it, and, and he did what he's there for. We come off his line but quick to save it. He, he was in the right position and very sort of thing. I thought his handling all day was really good. Came off his line, so um, we've criticised him, we've supported him, we've done all sorts of Simon Mignolet over the weeks and months of the season, <laughs> haven't we? Um, because he's um, been a rich source of content, hasn't he? He has, and you'd you'd almost wish for him just to, to just to not. So we didn't have to talk about it. He was just a goalkeeper. He got beat by the Goodens and saved the easy ones and made the occasional flash of genius. That's all we needed. But you wouldn't have... Of the two goalkeepers, I think Lloris was voted the second best in the Premier League by some survey last week. Which Was it was it by Hugo Lloris? Uh, no, but um, behind De Gea, I think. Um, I mean, I said in the pod last week, I think he's overrated. I, I, I agree with you on this. I think he is overrated. And I mentioned this to somebody recently and they looked at me as if I'd said... Was it James Pearce? I could have done, done with you here last week. I was yeah. outnumbered on this. But um didn't think Lloris was, 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 was that great. I don't think he did too much wrong. But Made yeah, a very good save for Manny. Yeah, but Mignolet, I think, was you know the goalkeeper you'd have taken out of the game. And But it's one game, that's the problem. People say he's been making mistakes for three years and... Um, that's the problem. It's not to say to say that he's had a good game. Is not to say that Liverpool won't be looking to strengthen that position in the summer. I think we should give a shout out to Christian's mate as well, who called the game, didn't he? He called. He texted you on Thursday or yeah, Friday Thursday. about um, about Ben, ben Davis. Davis. Yeah. He basically said on work because I was just talking to him, going, "How you see it going, etc." And he went, to, "I said, you know, you'll do well not to win, to be honest. The way Liverpool are playing at the moment, because uh, I predicted two ones as Tottenham on the pod and." Um, he said the biggest worry he had was Manny up against Davis. He said, no, Danny Rose, said Ben Davis. He said Manny could have him all day. And, and, and he did. In what sense? Just because he's faster? Or yeah, just more experienced? Just, just because he's better, just a little bit. Yeah, just, just a bit of everything, I think. Just, just basically, when you look at a match-up on the pitch, and, and it's clearly one is better than the other. I'm pretty okay, yeah, sure I remember Manny having a really good game against Davis when Manny played for Southampton, and with, I think either won a penalty or should have won a penalty against them. And it was like... I think it was singled out that Davis was taken off, I think, in the game, and Mane, you know, was the, the danger man, so that happened again. Do you want to see, am I being snide to recall that, didn't you suggest we should buy Ben Davis in yes. at one point? 
Yeah, I will. Yeah, got yeah. Snide hat one on game, that. one game, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one game. Play, play the centre back, not not left back. <laughs> yeah, now you mentioned Mane then, uh, James. Five James, five. yes, James <laughs> spoke to Jeannie Wijnaldum after the uh, game, and he mentioned the fact that he was. A li- you could tell that he was kind of a little bit annoyed in the fact that you know you know understood that Mane was going to get all the headlines, but it was a team effort. Now having said that, you mentioned then that Ben Davis up against Mane. Mane's not playing. What Liverpool player could you say? Oh, it's Ben Davis up against. What, who can be that well, game changer be, for Liverpool? There, there will be a player, but they wouldn't have the attributes to do what yeah. Mane did yeah. to Ben Davis. So you could say Ben Davis up against Lallana, for example, yeah. but and Lallana might get the better of him, but he wouldn't do it with the certain pace. Yeah. You might or say or Coutinho. The, or the cutting edge. Well, well, the, I thought so driving that is that Mane is vitally important in giving Liverpool that cutting yeah. edge, which is, which, is, yeah. which is what we... What we knew, didn't we? He's relentless, isn't he? He's absolutely re- he's belligerent. He's relentless. He's a bit of a snide, to be honest, in a good way. The, the way that you, the way that you uh, want you to play off the top of the, in the first. Of game, course, yeah, yeah, he's he's just exactly that sort of. Did you ever doubt he was going to score when he went through? By the way, I never had a second thought that he's going to score no, here. No, I thought I thought he'd score. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he gives you that impression because. You should have shot before the second one. Benteke is the the anti-Benteke, isn't he? Because, you know Benteke, when he was one-on-one with the keeper, he always got the distance wrong. When a a goalkeeper, in terms of narrowing angle, it's all about when you come to narrow that angle. Um, And you're looking at the striker's touch to decide when you go to give yourself the best chance of blocking it. Mane makes it virtually impossible for a keeper to, to do that. He's always got the ball relatively... Um, seems totally under control, and uh, you know he, he's popped it in no problem. You say that the first goal, I f- I actually think it runs away from him a little bit. I, I think he's he had to stretch, he had to stretch, but he was. But then good. look how good his finish was for the second one. I think Ian Wright on back to the day like pointed out saying that he, he really enjoyed that goal. Wound up, that was, he, yeah, yeah. Just put it in. What is? So that. But I think, both, goals, I think both goals were, were, were harder than they seemed, if you see what I mean. I think they were both yeah. really good finishes. That's always a sign of a good player then, isn't it? Make something put it right down the middle first, well, very it? easy. It yeah. went in the middle of the goal, rather than sort of you'd expect him to sort of try and care for one of the goals. Well, you saw, you saw, sort of you saw Lloris as well, he kind of was guessing that he was going to yeah. go hit it low, which most people normally yeah. would It was done. the same type of technique, different goal, obviously. But that Woodburn used against Leeds, albeit Woodburn had a bigger bit of the goal to go. But yeah, he had goal, yeah. he had to, he had to lift it, didn't yeah. he, to to get past the you know an outstretched defender. It's, it's what you should always do on the, when a goal with men on the line because you get two options and don't you either put it in or the handball it. Yeah. If you lift it, you know they're not gonna. If you can hit the legs if you keep it low and it's cleared off the line and the defender looks great. But if you lift it, the only way the the only way you're missing is if they put it over the bar. But it's, in, it's interesting, there was like two of them had had a go before Mane, yeah, hadn't they? Yeah. They probably had just equally good chances. Yeah. Certainly Firmino's yeah. was equally good. Was it the Lamb before and first one, off? Yeah. And yeah, it was Mane who sort of... Yeah, always pushing everyone out the side. Yeah, this is how you do it, boys, yeah, you know. Let's face it, he could have had a hat trick. Uh, yeah. uh, it's a brilliant save from Lloris. He, he, he does everything right, Mane, in terms of goes through his legs. And I think Lloris, oh, it's, it's lucky, but it's a good and uh, at the same time. He, it just clips his foot, doesn't it, as it goes oh, under his sec- legs. I thought the second save was second is second absolutely save was very good. Because he didn't half hit it hard. He hits it very hard. Took him by surprise, because you'd expect him to go far post, he goes near. He should have a hat-trick in what? Would have been, yeah. It could have been old foul. And, yeah. and he's already Liverpool's top scorer for 2017. Simply by turning up. I think what it is as well, it's not just what he does when he's on the ball. I think his presence just opens up space. I don't think there was any coincidence that 
Coutinho found a lot more space on the left hand side, and Firmino found a little bit, a little bit less attention on him and down the middle because when you've got a lad who's so just so involved on that right hand side, like Mane, it's going to drag everyone across. Everyone's going to be aware to him, and it just lets everyone else have that little extra bit of pocket of space to play in. I was going to mention Firmino, Neil. Uh, Jurgen Klopp spoke after the game, and he said he said to the television, he also said it to, to the newspapers that you can't remember many better performances from a striker in which the striker has not scored. And we were kind of split, weren't we, Andy? Because I thought he'd had an excellent game, and so did you. But I think James said that he was like, wasn't didn't but, think he'd uh, done that much. No, well, I can't remember that. I think I, I thought he had an excellent game, but I didn't think... I did say, and you stared at me... As Maybe it was the way around that, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Um, I didn't think that he was worthy of being picked out of the front line in particular. Apologies to James, because it was, it, you, that, it was, it was me. you that had said... And, um, I thought he had a really he had one of those Firmino games where he pops up everywhere, but several players had games like that, and I just thought it was a tremendous team effort with with Mane and Wijnaldum, maybe the two who stood out more than anyone. I've got to pick Wijnaldum out for the celebration after, after <laughs> Mane's first goal. That is uh, is Michael Jackson style uh, bop in the middle of the pitch. Bop, bop, bop. Great word. You mentioned bop actually, didn't you? Lesson, yeah, 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 when inside 30 minutes, wasn't he? Yeah, well, what about, I mean, Chris, I think Christy made this point on Twitter, I believe. Wijnaldum came with this reputation as being the man for the small occasions, didn't he? And the sort of the man who, you know, you won't see him against Manchester United or, or Chelsea or Tottenham. And he's actually probably been... The other way around. The other way around. Yeah. I, I, his best, for me, his best game, I didn't see the 90 minutes on Saturday, but the best game I've seen him have was at Stamford Bridge. I thought close behind it would be... Winner Old against City. Yeah, or Manchester City, City excellent. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there again against Tottenham, you know, big contribution there. So, Wijnaldum, big game player. Yeah, and potentially. a lot of people will be saying not before time in terms of breaking up that midfield of, of Chan Henderson. Yeah, there was a stat well, actually knocking Chan around. Henderson. There was a stat knocking around, and forgive me if I get the numbers wrong, but I think it was in 14 Premier League games that Henderson, Wijnaldum and yeah. Alana have played in the centre of the midfield, I think. Liverpool have lost one, drawn two or three, and won the rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. scored a lot and didn't concede yeah. as many. Yeah, it, it is a it is a it is a lineup that certainly most supporters and most observers um, would suggest has more vibrancy, movement, and sort of threat to it. Um, this is not to say that Emre Chan. Is, well, we we is, mentioned in previous pods that I think Chan is a. He's now become a horses for courses kind of player. Can't play him every game, but there's certain games where you yeah. where you can. Good stuff, Chan as well. Yeah. But he, again, he came on and saw, saw yeah. the game out. We thought he did all right. Would he come on? Yeah, and there are, there are occasions. I think um, he played at Old Trafford. Yeah, didn't he? Chan, yeah, he had Chelsea was no, actually had a terrible game at Old Trafford. He was but, reasonable against Chelsea. I, I thought. But sometimes you just um, I mentioned this in my analysis about there didn't seem to be for me. There's not a huge amount of difference between. Chan's physicality and Wijnaldum when he really gets stuck in. Well, they were up against the Tottenham midfield with Wanyama and Dembele, who both seem to have good games against Liverpool. I think you mentioned that in the pod last week. Is that both, both they're, massively they're both disappointing. Exact, and they're both, they're both big guys. They're not yeah. exactly ones that are going to get knocked over. And Wanyama got done for, for, the, for the second I, goal. I, no, first goal. So. I, I think yeah. it, it is hindsight, and it's not to sort of single out every Chan. I don't think it's necessarily a Chan issue, although it could be. I think it's more sort of where he fits in this midfield. I still don't think he's. Uh, I still think he's 
he's probably a number six, but he doesn't use the ball well enough at the yeah. moment. Yeah, I, think I, think, I think I think that's where he should be, maybe Henderson's understudy. But I just don't understand why you look at the, the games, the win against Arsenal away, the win against Chelsea away, a really solid, impressive points of White Hart Lane. All those games at the start of the season when they were putting four past you know Leicester and whatnot, it was Henderson, Wijnaldum and Lalana, and that just seemed to work. And I, you know, I'll hold my hands up. When I saw that scene drop against Arsenal at the Emirates, I was going, "What's he doing? Well, yeah. well, 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 where's that come from? How's yeah. that? That that's too lightweight. It's not yeah. balanced. Why is Henderson that deep? You know, etc. Yeah. Well, et well, before we knew Wijnaldum could play that more reserved role, we, we, we was... thought Wijnaldum was going to be a number ten, being yeah. you know, sort of attacking midfield. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, so, not, he's not. Well, so, he hasn't been so far. So it's. I don't know quite how. Chan sort of found his way into favour, to be honest, over the past month. But, you know, as, as Neil says, he is an option. He, he's definitely someone who can come on. And, and I think he's a good option in the sense that if you need to see out a game, you'd bring him on as a more defensive. And if you need someone, just a body, sort of a little favour forward, almost like a Fellaini-like substitute, just to put a bit more physicality in that final third, then you bring him on if you're chasing a goal. And also, I think Chan still has... Issues with ninety minutes, mm. in terms of maintaining his levels, and I think if you bring him on for 15, 20 minutes, regardless of the situation, I think you can get a good, a good sort of energy burst from him. You know, he still, he is still capable. I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of Chan generally in terms of. I still don't believe that he's going to be what some people believe he's going to be. I think he's a more limited than that. But he's still got. One thing he has got is he's got unbelievable self belief, and I don't. I, I, I bet you he doesn't know he's been playing poorly, Chan. I think I bet he. I bet he still. <laughs> I think if still, he reads, he, he may have picked he, up. I, I, may but have I bet you he still a little bit. He would. He would still be confident enough to try anything in any situation. Now I was doing the player ratings uh, at the weekend, and I to. I give Lucas an eight, as I love to, and I did this in the past and got absolutely slaughtered for it. But was that in the one 0 defeat to Sam Anderson? It was. Yes. <laughs> But he was still the best player, and he was playing in central midfield. But he was back at centre back, and I know we had Andy Carroll did a piece uh, recently where he said that Lucas was one of the, you know, one of the toughest opponents, and he just got into his head, and he just he, it's almost as though Carroll then just couldn't jump. Yeah, he put him off his jumps. Yeah, yeah, put him off his jumps. And Andy, kind of the same thing happened with Harry Kane, didn't it? Lucas had a tremendous game, and um, he put a great challenge in on Kane relatively early. Um, mm. On, right on the touchline in front of the cop, just a really one of those things where two players are arriving at the same time, and just uh, I think Lucas basically essentially got it away for throwing in the end. But you saw one of those ones where you can get the ball and take a little bit of the man as well without giving away the foul. And um, I'm not saying after that Kane wasn't interested; he's, he's too good a striker for that. But it was just Lucas um, did that. He put a great. Uh, tackling on Ericsson when he was moving forward in the first half, a sort of um, slidey challenge, and um, and, it, and he did really well. And I mentioned him and Mignolet in, in in my analysis as sort of you know two players who perhaps um, even going forward, looking towards next year, um, as we come through this difficult patch and try and imagine what needs to happen to this Liverpool team in terms of strengthening long term. You know, those are two players who there would be huge question marks over. Lucas has had a question mark over his head every transfer window since I was about four. And, <laughs> and, and, and I don't think they had transfer windows when no. I was four. And, I think football. And Mignolet, of course, we've already spoken about the pod, won't go back through that again, but undoubtedly um, needs a perfect finish almost to the year 
four o'clock not to be wandering? Does he need to shake up his well, goalkeepers again? A great reflection, I think, a good statistical reflection of how well Liverpool defended at the weekend is Kane, in both games against Liverpool this season, hasn't had a shot on goal. He hasn't taken a shot at goal. He had one that was offside, but the, the, the post doesn't count, obviously. He didn't take, there's only one other game this season that he hasn't taken a shot at when Tottenham beat Chelsea. So, that for someone who's so dangerous and so belligerent with the shooting, you know, he, he always seems to have plenty of shots a game. Liverpool kept him very quiet. It's worth me mentioning this to, to Christian Walsh beside me here because he's the one who likes to throw a Harry Kane hat trick into the odd bet and slip nine again and has Came profit, for him once, famously, and profited, famously yeah, profited him, significantly yeah. from it in the past. Well, Harry Kane has 14 Premier League goals this season. Sadio Mane's up to 11 yeah. now. And if you think of your perception of those two players and what they offer around the pitch, um, Kane, you're almost saying, is there for goals. Takes penalties. And takes pens. And, and, and Mane is, is offering you a lot more. What, what, what Liverpool need and what was, I think, noticeable in the period that we've just come through was that the, it felt like we needed... A strong, another strong centre forward added into the mix, and I think if Liverpool can add that to go alongside phenomenal output that you're already getting from Mane. I mean, he's eleven, so where is he going to finish the season? You'd hope 15, 16 minimum, yeah. uh, You'd hope that's great. I still think we need to see more of that from Coutinho. You could tell on Saturday that he's he's getting there, but he's not there. There was a couple where. He hit one that was going to end up in the bottom corner and it, it, the defenders, it hits the defender's leg. On another day when he's in form and things are going for him, it lands in the corner. Tries to do the least with the eyes like he did against the Wofford, didn't he, as well? Yeah. Over the post instead of far. And it's just nearly there, but not quite for Coutinho. But he needs to, of course he's been out, he needs to up his goal production. And, um, you know, whereas Firmino, he's on about nine, nine for the season, I think. So um, we've shared the goals around, but you just feel if you throw... A, a proper um, goal scorer into that mix and it, they don't come cheap and it will cost a lot of money but I think it, it solves a lot of problems for Liverpool One final thing looking back at the Tottenham game you mentioned that we haven't learnt much from it really so we haven't learnt we, we knew, already knew that Tottenham are Tottenham as I, as I like to say you know they realise that they are Tottenham and it's, that's why it's they're been called across the land it, no, yes. yeah. uh, but also it's the fact that was it 14 games to go? 13 games to 13, go? 13 yeah. games to go now. As Neil mentioned before, there's only two points between second and sixth. I mean, it, it, you know, Manchester City may win this evening, therefore the gap's a little bit bigger, but it's going to be so tight, isn't it? It, it is. So, and this is, this is why I, yeah, I think we mentioned in a piece last week, it's all about, you know, hold your nerve now. Um, don't let, this is right before, uh, when I was right before the Spurs game, you know, don't throw out all the good work that's happened uh, this season by trying for any sort of radical um, solutions that when it's not required, we know this is a good football team, we know it's got problems, we know it needs more quality players within it to compete right with the very best. That that's, that that has been shown over the last few weeks. Um, we, we didn't necessarily know it before, uh, I for one thought that it was stronger than it was, but it was it was obvious that they did um, lack that ability um, to have game changers from the bench. You looked at the bench some games that looked looked pretty weak, didn't it? Now, just before we move on to the final thing, 
Andy, you were at the under-23s on Sunday yesterday. I was. We saw uh, an eight-goal thriller. It was eight yeah, goals. Yeah, yes, 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 yeah, it was eight goals. And in your piece that you've done today, or yesterday, I should say, you, you mentioned how well Ben Woodburn played again. But you also witnessed Trent Alexander-Arnold get involved in a little bit of a ruck. And I know he's obviously... One of yours, as it were. I mean, what, what was your what was your um, what was your take on the on the matter? Because an awful lot, and we haven't seen it. No, and you, and, you, I remember you, you said at the time you thought he was going to get red, and he didn't. I, I mean, I, I put it out on Twitter, on Twitter, which was um, annoyingly picked up by the Daily Mail, quoting me. So um, I had nothing to do with no, that. Daily Mail source. Daily, yeah. source. So uh, um, just really, when he saw, I had no idea that was happening. We'll see him on Wikipedia. But um, look. <laughs> There's a situation where Kevin Stewart wins a very good tackle um, as Huddersfield are pushing forward on the edge of the Liverpool box and suddenly Liverpool are breaking. It's going to be about a four-on-two for Liverpool and Trent's bombing down the right side and the left-back for Huddersfield um, either tries to block him or there's words exchanged but they end up in a a tangle and Jamie Spencer, who was the Huddersfield left-back for... And this is witnesses live and I haven't seen it... um, by replay, um, but certainly appeared to throw a few punches in Trent's direction. Um, Trent thought about it for a second and then thought, I'm not having that, and threw, threw a few back, and they both ended up on the ground in the end. Kevin Stewart got involved, um, as you'd expect from Liverpool's senior player on the pitch, um, went in there, and basically there was a melee involving loads of players, and I thoroughly expected, as is you'd imagine, that when arms are raised, particularly in that type of thing, that Trent would be sent off along with the Huddersfield lad. In the end, it was just the Huddersfield player, Spencer, who went. Um, I would say someone will have had a word in Trent's ear after he came off the pitch. Um, as I say, I'm speaking, I haven't seen it firsthand, and I hope I'm not doing him a disservice, but um, if my eyes aren't deceiving me, there was a few punches thrown on both sides, and it's something that Trent's going to have to learn from. You know, He's gone into atmospheres like Old Trafford, uh, this season, you never handled Kers Ashton and coped and his flappy roof with um, uh, yeah, with Martial, you know, a sixty million pound player. But um, you know, his temperament. There was a significant provocation, let's say, but I think he'll need to look at himself and think if that happens another time, I've, I've got to get myself away from that situation. I, I think it just happens. I, I, I like. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. Says, uh, belligerently violent. <laughs> I will say it. Loads, loads of loads of supporters. All they wanted to. All they wanted was. Has anyone got? Has anyone got any video? And, yeah. Um, no, good to see someone. So he learned he he from it. No one. No one. No one was seriously hurt. He learned from yeah. it. And. Ultimately, if he can channel that sort of aggression into his yeah. game, you've got a hell of a player on your hands. I, I think that I think there's something about, I think, young English players who come through that they ha- they not need it, but they all have it. Rudy, Gerard, you know, Michael Owen could leave a, a studs on on all a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you think about players like that, John Terry. Yeah, you know, we won't bring John Terry into into this podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much, but. Those players have that little bit about them, and I think fans love that. I, I think I think fans love a player who he won't take any basically. He won't, he won't take any of it, and, and he'll he'll give a bit back. But what what I know Andy and yeah. what Andy's saying is basically don't do it in the Premier League if you can't. Because well, well, all, all in a week when there's been accusations that Liverpool players are too nice. <laughs> maybe that's what <laughs> maybe that's it's gone it's gone to the right, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, I mean I I got several messages on social media asking did he have a proper good go, 
and that that's what fans wanted to know. Yeah. And they they Jonesy and Christian are spot on. Fans like the, it's the opposite that frustrates them. You know, someone who's who's yeah. not who's going to get stuck in for you on the pitch. Mm. But um, we've seen. Gerard in particular didn't he had to had to learn the time and place when well, well look at Jordan Henderson in terms of I bet you he got more appreciation for his performance on Saturday because he gave Deli Ali a little bit and he got a, he got a shiner off Dembele I think and he got got one under the eye off Dembele and he he, he was he got stuck in I bet you Jordan Henderson's had better games for Liverpool than that but mm. that sticks in people's mind that he, and when he, when he went down, when he, he went for Costa yeah was yeah probably, I was, 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 was literally gonna say you say it. Jordan Henderson Stamford Bridge no one will think of the thirty yards yeah ping it into the top corner which give Liverpool three points to Stamford Bridge the only points Chelsea have dropped this season they'll think back to a couple of seasons ago yeah. And think, oh, when he stayed out, Diego Costa in a game that Liverpool lost ultimately at Anfield. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, that yeah. ruins me points. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice try. I'll give you another go though, because uh, you uh, to, to finish with Liverpool are uh, don't have a game at the weekend, so they're we going off. They're going off to Spain, and you wrote something uh, this morning, Christian, about what they have to avoid from previous teams who've been out there. Um. I don't know how much we can say this on a pod, um, but they pretty much, it's, you know... It's, it's a bit, it gets a bit lively over there, doesn't it? It does get a bit lively. Yeah. Look, had, Klopp has been over to Lamanga with Dortmund several times. We watched a video um, where he's talking about it, and he said this will be the fourth time, um, and he looked quite young then. So <laughs> I, I think he's I think he's been there at least four times before with Dortmund in this season. our research, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I just think, I think it makes sense. He did it in Tenerife last season. Um, and it actually helped them. That I think it was organised before the Southampton that, game. Tenerife was where Ovi Ajaria came to prominence. Wasn't it was it? exactly yeah. So it'll be interesting to see who they take over. Um, they also what they also did they let the injured players go over. Uh, so Danny Ings and Joe Gomez off the top of my head, and I think Lucas was out for the long term as well at that point, along with the families and, and wives and, and kids as well. So how big was this plane? It was <laughs> absolutely massive, huge jumbo jet. Um, and Steve, Stephen Corker got to, to take his lad to a theme park. Did he? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Well, Coppo well, just said. To be fair, he's, he's now in Moscow. So no, he's, he's that's fallen through. Oh, is it? Damn move! I think it's fallen oh, through. What a, what a career he's had! Yeah. Unbelievable. But back to uh, La Manga as well. <laughs> back to La Manga, and it's it's good because it it will give this pre-season vibe in terms of Klopp will will be prepared and tell them exactly what they've been doing wrong lately but he, he focuses more on what they do right anyway so we'll be telling them what went right against Tottenham etc but also it's just a chance to get out of the bubble of yeah. the Merseyside I slash Cheshire it. bubble get a bit of nice weather because it's absolutely grim over here and just 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 relax and, and, and I mean we saw all the players uh, well not all the players a lot of the uh, the Brazilian lads and Moreno at, yeah. you know the Drake concert last night letting their hair down a little bit Um so I think I think they were at a different concert than yeah, Saturday. Yeah, they didn't go see Drake. Do you know what? Like, I'm, I'm just fake news. There was some. There was some of them at Drake, but the Brazilian lads were seeing a Brazilian artist yeah. on Saturday night. Yeah. Name, I'm not London, I don't yeah. even know who Drake is. Well, that's fine. I that's said that earlier. on that bombshell. No, we're not ending. No, but what I was going to say is, I think we we have it. As much as you're adults and people, you know, the grown-ups, the, the grown men, I still think there's an element of there's something good about going away with, with your mates and just just it, it brings a little bit of sort of a bit more enjoyment to training. It, as Christian says, it freshens it up. You sort of you're not you maybe not going to training thinking oh, ten days before we play Leicester or you know 12 days. You know we we'll, we'll just do we're just going through the motions. It's sort of a bit different. And I think 
you actually enjoy you actually enjoy those type of things most of the time. Assuming assuming none of the pitfalls that Christian mm. obviously mentioned in previous um, uh, bonding trips, okay. But I think football's a lot more professional now than it was even ten years ago, even five years ago. Those sort of things are very very rare now. In, in, in no, Andy, no karaoke, no golf clubs. Andy, do, do, do you feel as though they should extend this kind of approach to other professions such as journalism? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean. Uh, um, I mentioned I was... Uh, Imagine a podcast from, from the beach in, in wherever. Lucky we get to go to the Gulf. You got to do it on Crosby Beach. Might be a bit windy, though. Yeah. I was chatting with Paul Salt from Merseyside about this last week, about how he was going to fill you know, t- you know, an hour on the sports show for a fortnight and uh, how we're going to fill the pages of the Echo. But, uh, uh, well, the people will see that. There are... Uh, there, there, there are lots of great plans afoot and lots of uh, good stuff that uh, are going to be um, what a company on, man on yeah, yeah. no I'm quite That's excited about some of the that stuff we seamless. have planned he's straightened so, his tie <laughs> <as he's laughs> yes so uh, and on that genuine bombshell <laughs> I think we will end it there in other uh, words we're all flapping aren't we uh, well yeah um <laughs> We're going to have to end it there. Uh, join us later this week where we won't be looking ahead to any game, <laughs> but we will instead be looking back at what we've managed to conjure up over the next few days. Cheerio. <laughs>